Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. All right, I'm so excited. Um, it's crazy how Pastor Travis says that the Holy Spirit is, is thick in here this morning. Um, I've been in the back and, whew, man, I've been super emotional. I don't know if it's because my wife's put up with me for 28 years or... No, it's the Holy Spirit is really, really alive, alive and well in this place. I've been... Um, um, I'm going to try to speak about something that's... I'm not a professional at it. I'm not having figured it out. I've I've done a lot of research and I've had a lot of help from my heavenly Father, and I believe that I do it well. I, there's always room for improvement, but I'm going to be talking about leading from behind or leading from the second chair or leading from the back seat and. Uh, as I speak this morning, my prayer is that I don't see a bunch of people walk out because I'm not preaching to me. I'm preaching to the church. And I'm hoping that um, as we go about this, that you would be empowered, but also challenged. That when you make, I really believe that if you're here, you're not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. You're here because you believe in the calling that this church has for this community, the mission, and the work that we're called to do. And if that's the case, then my prayer is that we all become healthy at serving. And I mean that because, you know what, like I, we were talking in the back, and, and there's so many people that I've met that are great servants and it breaks my heart. And I think that's why I'm so emotional. It's like I've known so many people that have served in the church for so long. And their seat is vacant today. They're no longer in church. They're no longer serving. And it breaks my heart because the reality of it is, is that, that we need to be healthy when we serve. It's how God wants it to be. So as we close our eyes and, and just I'm going to pray really quick. I know Pastor Travis prayed, but Lord, I need you this morning. Father, I need your help, Lord. I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth, however it comes out, I know I have an accent. I know I'm, English is my second language. I know that. But your language comes first, and I pray that it would penetrate the hearts of your children this morning. Father, that my words that you have given me will land on fertile soil today. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we give you all the glory, all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. And all his children said, amen. Amen. There's a saying that, that Pastor Travis always says that one of our friends from, from Arkansas always says that, you know, if you're going, if you're leading, or you call yourself a leader, but you're going and you look behind you and there's nobody behind you, you're not leading anything, you're just merely going for a walk. And it's a lonely walk. But there's another saying that says that, that says, if you are not the lead dog, your view never changes. Anybody ever heard that? 
And this is saying that's this is a saying that's been around for a very long time, and it seems to indicate that only the one, the, the, the person in front has a good view. Or the dog in the front has a good view. The rest of the dogs are behind looking at all the other dogs' rear ends. Right? This saying seems to ring true giving the example, but it fails in so many ways to accurately describe the importance of leading from the second chair or leading from the back seat. I'm hoping that everybody that's serving in the back is listening to this because every position in this church matters. Every position in this church matters. Many times, you know, the person in the second chair, you know, the, in, in the world. And listen, when I talk this message, I want you to understand that, yeah, I'm speaking to the church. But if you apply this to your work life, it will benefit you. If you apply this to your home life, it will benefit you. So when I'm talking, don't check out. There's a lot of gold nuggets in this. I promise. And if you apply it, it will, create, it will, it will make you a better leader wherever you're leading. And hopefully by the end of today, you'll understand that if you're in this church, you're a leader. I got one per. We got one person. That's awesome. But yeah, but many people that lead from the second chair, they're, they're, a lot of times in the world, they, they use it as a, as a stepping stone to get to the first chair. Right? A lot of... Uh, Many second uh, com in commands, I mean, many second leaders' personalities, you know, they're just happy right where they're at. They're not looking to move up. They're, they're, they know the giftings that they have. They know the resources that the Lord is giving them. And they're very well and happy in doing so. Right? So today, I want to talk about, see, being, being the man behind the man is exactly where a lot of backseat leaders want to be and what I want to do is I want to be able to walk out of here and empower you to believe that God has gifted you with with a mission and in a job not a job a mission and a work that is important for your calling yeah pastor Travis was brought here to be our pastor and God gave him a vision and a mission. And if you're sitting in this, in this church today, it's because you believe in the mission and the vision that God has put in Pastor Travis for this church. So now it's time to serve. Listen, I'm not saying that we don't serve. We serve very well in this church. I was talking to the people in the back, and, you know, they say, well, man, we, there's so many people. You come here during, a, during an event, you're going to see a lot of people serving. So I'm not up here begging for people to serve. I'm, that's not what I'm here so that we can create healthy servants. My heart, my prayer, my passion is that if you're serving, you're healthy spiritually. Because somebody said it in the back, you can't serve from an empty, an empty place. If you do that, it just becomes a job. And when, when, when you got to work... A lot of us can check out and say, you know, I'd rather go do something else on Sunday morning. But when you belong to something and you believe in the calling 
and you believe in the mission, this will be your priority. Amen. So this morning, I want to talk just about that. And there's no better example than by the relationship detailed in Genesis that shows the relationship, the leadership relationship between Joseph and Pharaoh. See, Joseph, through the Holy Spirit, explained a dream to Pharaoh that he had, uh, that had leadership consequences. After hearing the account of Pharaoh's dreams about cows and corn, Joseph translated the dream that Egypt was staring down the barrel of a seven, year, seven years of a bountiful, bountiful, English as a second language, harvest, followed by seven years of famine. However, not only did Joseph translate Pharaoh's dreams in its meaning, he also gave Pharaoh a plan to follow to make it through the seven years of famine. This showed Pharaoh the, leader, the leadership qualities that, jo that Joseph had, and Joseph was, that Joseph was humble and also was God's man with access to wisdom beyond his years and his education. See, Pharaoh then established Joseph as his second in command and in all areas, in all areas of the country. Joseph then enacted his plan to save Egypt and the surrounding countries from the famine that was only seven years away. It is in the text that the reader sees the leadership qualities of mutual respect between a leader between the leaders, between a leader and the second hand. See, this is, this is where, where, where we learn what leading from a second place looks like. It's biblical. Joseph, see, Pharaoh respected Joseph and his wisdom, his discernment, his supernatural command of dream in, in interpreting, Right? And because of that, in return, Joseph respected Pharaoh because of his position and power, but also because Pharaoh acted properly by moving him from the prison to putting him in a place of leadership. The second position leader must understand that they have a unique role of being led while you're also leading. See, there's no better example in the Bible than that of Jesus' life. Right? See, while Jesus was on earth in human form, he not only led um, a, a group of disciples and apostles, but he also was led by the Father. See, he was, Pastor Travis says this all the time, you got to be reaching up while you're reaching down. And if you're not reaching up, you got nothing to offer the person behind you. See, after the first miracle at the wedding in Cana, found in John, and following the baptism of Jesus, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted. When Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he included the, 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 the request to provide uh, protection for him 
to keep him away from temptation. See, he, had, he was teaching these apostles how to lead, but he was always teaching them how to, how to be the best second in command behind him. Through his, ministry and through his ministry in the Bible records that Jesus was leading his followers all the while being led by his heavenly father. Even up to the night prior to the cross, Jesus was putting himself in a submissive position to the father. Jesus showed that to lead, you also have to be leadable. The crazy thing is, I remember growing up, and I don't remember my dad teaching me very many things, but I remember one thing that I learned from my dad was that I can always learn something from everybody. And if I have that character, if I create that thought, I will always be learning something, no matter how. I brought that up to my kids. Listen, I don't care how long you've done it. If there's somebody that comes to you, if you keep your mouth shut, you could probably learn something from them. That was one thing that my dad taught me. I remember Pastor Travis, you and I going to different conferences in Texas and in Arizona and, or I don't know, California and Washington. And I remember when I first came here, we were in the other room, and I remember there was one church. It was a huge church. I think it was in Humble, Texas. And I remember, I remember we looked at their stage design, and we're like, man, it'd be cool to do something like that. And, like, and I was like, yeah, we could do that. I mean, to a smaller scale, we just got to bring it down because, you know, they got 10,000 people. We got 200. <laughs> but, you know, their building is like, you know, ginormous, and we got this little building. I was like, we could do it, right? And right there, he sparked something in me. He said, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm not just good looking. I'm also pretty talented. I'm, I'm very artistic. That wasn't a joke. Um, <laughs> but we came back. And, you know, one of the things that I always I go with my wife to different churches, we're always looking at what the church is doing good so we can come here and do it better. And one of the things that I do, like, I get a lot of weird designs like this from the stage. And, man, we've done some crazy stuff in the other room. I remember one time, I don't know if Steve Lott is here, but Steve was cutting some trees down. And I'm sitting there, and I see him cutting all these trees. I'm like, save those trees. I'm going to do a stage design. He's like, what? And so, but, but what I'm saying is, is this, is God has put something in me that I, I see things finished. I see things that no other people see. See, I was working with, with Kaylee, one of my leaders in the youth, and she, I remember we're sitting there, and I'm creating this, this. She was helping me with this, and she couldn't wrap her, her eyes around or her mind around it. But she's like, how do you come up with this? And we had just opened up a package, and it had bubble wrap in it. And I'm like, and I looked at the bubble wrap, and I'm like, a light turned on. I'm like, like this, watch. And I get the bubble wrap, and I go staple it to the wall, and then I shine LED lights to it, and it creates all this crazy stuff. And she's like, it just, it just comes to me, you know? And a lot of it not only comes to me, but a lot of it I see other churches do it, and I don't want to replica, uh, replicate. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> somebody else's work, so I'll take what they have, and then I'll add my little thing to it and I make it an original it's just what I, I love to do anyway I say that all to say this listen one of the things that I've learned is that we're not given a job 
right? We're not, we're not, uh, we, somebody doesn't pick a job for us, right? We don't, we don't just accidentally, you know, land on, in this church. No, we, 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 we are called. We are called. Listen, if you're here, you're called. And when you're called, you become, listen, this is, this is, this is crazy. When you understand, see, that one of the greatest things, if you, if you don't get anything out of this whole message, I want you guys to write that. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that. One of the greatest things you can know as a Christian is that we are part of a calling and we are part of a family. Now listen to this. We are sons and daughters to a house that God has called us to with a mission and a calling. See, you think that you were drawn here because it's a beautiful building or, or you were driving by and it's convenient because you live close or, 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 or they have a, a great, you know, children's. You think you were here by accident, but you're here because you have a calling on your life and God, saw, and God sees something in you that's beneficial to this house. You didn't come here to warm a seat. You came here to be part of a family, right? To belong to something. And when you belong to something, you make it yours. And when it's yours, you take care of it, right? I'm going to keep going because I'll, I'll lose my track and then we'll go in a rabbit trail. And We're called to this church because it's got a mission and a calling. Listen, Second Peter, I better bring Bible into this. Second Peter 1, 10 says this, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Oh, and it goes on to say that, that if you will, re and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. But I want you to focus on the, the one word, calling. Make every effort to confirm your calling. I was going to say this word, but I forgot how to pronounce it. In the Greek, ekloge is how you say it. Right? Ekloge is the word calling in the Greek. But not only, not only is it a calling, this an ekloge is the thing that God specifically assigned you to do. And he gifted you, and he gifted only that to you. Listen to this, people. And he gave you the resources to do it. And he didn't do it for anybody else. When you have a calling, it's because God has seen something in you, Matthew. And he's giving you that calling. And he's giving you the resources. And he's only giving them to you. He hasn't given them to anybody else. So that you can be planted in a, in a house, in a family, where you can make a difference. Listen, if we had, uh, if we had 340 Matthews here, the only thing we would do good would be worship. I mean that with no respect. There would be a lot more. But you know what I'm saying? 
The reason why, why God plants people that are so different in a house and why you could raise two kids the exact same way, Jennifer, right? And they, be, they got all different personalities. And you're like, how in the world? It's because he knows that we need different personalities, different talents, different, different callings, different, different attitudes. So that his work can be done exactly how he intended it to be. We don't need a bunch of Javier's here because we would have a PVC pipe through the whole building. <laughs> and maybe some tacos, but... <laughs> and if you study that, that's all in the definition of this word. That's what it means, what it's... Really saying is we weren't just given a job. We weren't just, we didn't just pick a job. We didn't just uh, 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 given a, a great opportunity. No, we are, we are, we are called. And the Bible says, if the, the Bible says, if you, if you make every effort to confirm your calling and your election, if you do these things, you will never stumble. Check this out. I know it doesn't say it very, in very many places in the Bible, but, but this is a guarantee that if you make your call sure, if you believe in your calling and you believe that you're in this, in, in this earth for a reason, for a purpose, and God called you, it goes on to say, and this is a guarantee that you will never stumble if you confirm your calling. See, this is very important. But not the calling, not only the calling, but that we're on a mission. Right? We're on a mission because sometimes we can get so busy with the job that we forget that we're on a mission. That we're crusaders doing a work that matters. Sometimes we get, get so caught up with the busyness that we forget that there's lives on the balance. Though we're here, I talked to Pastor Travis last week. I said, Pastor, when, when you came to this church, what was it that the Lord, why, why did you come here? What was it? He's like, for the people. So we can bring the people to the cross. So we can bring the people to the Lord. We're in a missions field here. So we can do church the best that we can. The way that God told us how to do it. Not to be the church, but to do church the best that we can in a healthy way. I mean, there's literally lives hanging on the balance. Man, we're, we're, we're baptizing people every week, right? Whatever you do matters. It's the mission of the church. It's his mission. What part are you taking in it? Lives are hanging on the balance on how well we do sound, on how well we sing songs, on how well we open a door on how well we air condition a room, 
And this one doesn't feel very air-conditioned right now. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but this, is how, this isn't about how we unlock a door or how we play our guitar. No, we are crusaders called to do a work that matters. You're here to lead people in your community because lives matter. We're all leaders. Your children are depending on you to lead them well. There's people in your, in, in your job or your work that need Jesus. And the only way they're ever going to step into a church is through you. How well are you leading? We are part of a family. Chosen, called to do a work that matters because lives matter. <sighs> Thank you. I just went from here to here. I feel like the bishop. T.D. Jakes. Me and you. Me and you. We're like... I'll give you this back when I'm done with it. <laughs> Thank you. I give you water, you give me a rag. That's cool. <laughs> See, we're called, we're chosen to do a work that matters because lives matters. I know this. I know this. This rings true to me. Want to know why? Because I was raised in a religion where I wasn't a son. Where I was a slave, where I was, where I was a servant, I had no purpose. My job was just to go, follow rules, and then figure out my life on my own. So from a dry place, I had nothing to offer people. I was angry. I was bitter. Right? I didn't want the first chance I got to get away from that religion I did at the age of 17. I wanted nothing to do with it. And as I grew up a little bit and I met my wife and she comes from a Pentecostal background. And I met her and I fell in love with her 28 years ago. And she came into my life and she started showing me what the love of the father is. And she started showing me what it's like to love like him. To live like him. To really have a relationship with him. And she taught me how when you go to church, you become part of something and you serve. And so I was doing everything when I first started going to church because she made me. <laughs> I didn't understand it back then. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get it. My family didn't get it. I remember my dad telling me one day, why are you in church so much? Your job is to provide for your family. And when you retire, then you can get involved in church. I was like, that's biblical. I didn't say that because I respect my dad. But that's what I wanted to say. You know, like when you, don't, when you don't belong to anything, when you're not part of anything, when you don't believe what you're selling, how are you going to live it? How are you going to give it? See, you can talk about something, but nobody wants to buy it. 
I love Pastor Travis. He was talking about our friend uh, Anthony Christians. I'm going to use his name because he's probably not watching. Um, but I love it because he came here and Travis said this a couple of weeks and then he was spot on. He comes and he tries to sell us, sell us his cell phones that he was working for. And he didn't even believe in what he, what he was selling. So, yeah, we weren't going to change. Right? It's no different than when you're at your workplace. Oh, I'm going to step on some toes right now. Pastor, you could fix it next week. But it's no different than when you're sitting at work talking about being a Christian and, and this Jesus that you know, but it doesn't reflect anything different in the world. Ooh, did I say that out loud? That's okay. Because I'm in the business of creating healthy Christians. And if we don't, if there's no difference between us and the world, listen, I'll put it this way. When you believe in the calling and the mission, and you believe why you're here on this earth for, and you begin to live that way, you'll be serving because you have to make room for the people that are coming because they want what you have. You don't have to talk about it. You live it. You breathe it. In Oakland, people want what you have. Right? Listen, I teach this to our youth about how to serve. And this is what I'm going to talk about. How much time do I have? Two hours. Okay, perfect. I better get going. This, is, this works. There's a saying that we have here somewhere in the church. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it. But it's a saying that's been around since Pastor Travis got here. And it's... So it goes something like this, believe, belong, serve, right? Believe, when you, when you come to this church for the first time and you hear a message and it speaks to you and Pastor Travis uh, uh, asks you to like give him three Sundays in a row, right? Give me three weeks in a row. And after those three weeks, you begin to feel a calling, and you, and you begin to believe the calling and the vision that God has instilled in Pastor Travis for this church in this area, then you, 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 you feel like you're at home. And then you surrender your life to the Lord if you haven't already done so. And then the very next step is to get baptized. Right? And right after you get baptized... Your next step is to go to believer's class. So now that you've done all that, now you're part of a family. Now, now you belong to a family. You belong to the vision and the call of this church, right? So the next step is what? Is to belong. Now you belong, right? So you do what? Now you join a grace group because you got to be a part of something. If you're not a part of something, then guess what? The world has got something for you. I love how people always say, oh, I'm just busy. You know, I'm busy. I'm just so so busy. And the first thing we take off our life is the thing that matters. And I'm going to tell you something. If, If you're too busy to come to church and you take church out of your busyness schedule, you'll fill it with something else. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to get you busy and tired. Because if he got you busy and tired, he's got you. 
Because now he's not killing Pastor Travis's vision. He's killing your vision and your call. And the work that you're supposed to do because the calling that he's giving you is only for you. He's giving you that talent. He's giving you whatever it is that you carry. Only you have it. Nobody else has it. So now if the enemy can steal that from you, he's got you. Now that's not to say that you're that special, okay? You're not. God's work will still get done. And I mean that with all respect. I had to learn that a long time ago. Because I started getting a little bit too proud of myself. Oh, yeah, how are they going to do it without me? And somebody, somebody very wise told me, you're not that special. You're not. The only reason you're able to do what you're doing is because God, the hope of glory, greater is he that's in you than that that is in the world. And if you're not connected and spiritually healthy, you're not serving anybody. So I say that with all respect. lost my place so how do we get there how do we how do we become good servants I got eight minutes I'm gonna hurry I mean 80 minutes I'm gonna give you guys five points if you're keeping notes because the whole purpose of this message is to become healthy servants you're already here so obviously you already believe you already belong because you've done some of the steps. And some of you guys, most of you guys are serving. That's not the question. The question is, are you serving from a healthy place? So how do we do that? Let me give you five steps really quick. Number one, you need healthy preaching. Now listen to this, guys. We are what we eat. Trust me, I know. And leaders become what they are fed. If we feed ourselves junk food, we become junky. But if we feed ourselves with Christ and his word, we will become more like Christ. In this church, I promise you, Pastor Travis will give you healthy biblical preaching. Because it says that in 2 Timothy, check this out, it says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you the charge, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. That's what you will get. Every single Sunday that you show up here. You will be challenged. Right? You will be encouraged. I promise you. We'll step on your toes. Right? But we'll encourage you. And it'll be a good word. It all depends on how good you listen. It's going to be a good word. And it's going to be biblical. Biblical. It's going to hurt sometimes. But it's going to, it's going to grow you. So number one, and listen, number one is number one for a reason. Because in order to serve from a healthy place, you have to, you have to be fed. Pastor Travis put this thing together, believe, belong, serve. He didn't say serve, oh, then maybe belong. 
Oh, oh yeah, and then, and, then, and then you'll become a believer after you serve. No, 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 no. You believe, you believe in the calling. You believe in the mission. You believe in the work and that there's lives that matter. And then you get plugged in and then you, get, you, you, you begin to serve, but you begin to fill yourself because you can't serve out of an empty place. I love this, this, well, I don't love it, but when people say, oh, I just burned out. No, you just dried up. Right? Because if you're fed, there's no burnout. If you're fed and you're healthy, there's no retirement. That happens when you go to heaven. There's always a place for you in the house of the Lord. There's always a place for you in the family. If you're a grandpa, you're always going to be a grandpa, right? You don't just stop. There's always a place. Listen, I'm talking to somebody here that's lived in the church for a long time and feel like, hey, you know what? God's done with you. He's not done with you. There is something valuable that only you have that you can impart in the generation coming behind you. Number two, if you're taking notes. You got to develop a spirit of healthy praying. Listen, Pastor Travis knows this. For years, he started 21 days of prayer every beginning of the year, right? And a couple of people showed up. And he says, oh, maybe the hours ain't working. I'm going to do it twice a year. Because he knows how valuable prayer, a prayer life is. Right? So he does it twice a year. That's not good enough. Now he does it twice a day, twice a year. Because pray, you have to have a healthy praying life. Polluted air leads to polluted bodies. And if the air that we breathe is not filled with prayer, it will become filled with other things. Like complaints and grumbling and worldly agendas. A praying leader is more likely to lead in a healthy way. First Thessalonians 5 says pray without ceasing. Doesn't say pray when you're eating dinner. Pray on Sundays when you get here. It says pray without ceasing. You should have a prayer life. Number three, healthy leadership. You got to be part of a healthy leadership. And in order to be part of a healthy leadership, you got to be healthy yourself. The body goes where the brain tells it to go. So if the leadership is healthy, the rest of the body will move in a healthy direction. We need the church is only going to be as healthy as the congregation. Amen. First Peter 5 says this. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must be, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonored gain, but eager to serve. Number four, healthy discipleship. Pastor Travis, you talked about this in your prayer. I was like, did you read my notes? 
as our bodies will become unhealthy without exercise, so will the church body become unhealthy unless it has a culture of membership or mentorship, discipline ships, serving and encouraging each other. When leaders disciple each other, they become healthier leaders. Ephesians 4 says this, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves or blown here and there by every wind, um, teaching by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful uh, scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every uh, respect the mature body of, of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love and each part does its work. We gotta disciple each other. That only comes from a healthy place. Number five, healthy evangelism. Human bodies need to grow to be healthy. And leaders grow as they share Christ with their friends and their neighbors and the world and your coworkers. A leader that's constantly positioning himself to, to tell people about Christ will gradually become a healthier leader. Colossians forces this, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make, it, make the best of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So as I close, Matthew, you can come up here if you want. So if you believe that you're here by divine appointment, and if you make every effort to confirm your calling and your, and your election, and if you do these things, you will never stumble, then you will know that you belong to a church and a body and a family. We are sons and daughters, not slaves and servants. And when we know that, we begin to be consistent in our calling. Then we begin to serve from a healthy place because we are chosen and called to do a work that matters because lives matter. Every single person from Matthew all the way to the back, teaching children, opening doors, security, the tech people, every person matters because we are called to a mission and a work that matters because people matter. Amen. God bless you guys. You guys have a, rest, a good rest of the day. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. 
visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.